Hi, this is Eda. And this is Maha. We are two friends who enjoy watching Dizzy's. Join us on our journey as we talk about all things Dizzy. Hi, everyone. Hi, Maha. Hi, Ada. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you again for joining us for our fourth episode of this uh, podcast. Um, first of all, uh, we really want to thank everyone for the amazing reactions and how you've been encouraging us on social media. Uh, we just wanted to take a few moments to just catch you up since we've uh, recorded our last episode. So uh, I actually was traveling last month and I was in Istanbul where I had got the time to spend with Ada and her beautiful family. I got to spend some time with them, walk around in their neighborhood, and they were so gracious and they hosted me at their home for uh, dinner. We also got to meet some of our Dizzy friends. Uh, Sam, shout out to Sam, came and joined us and she flew in and we spent a few days together. And because of this podcast, we made another new friend, um, Nina from Tehran, who reached out to Ada, actually, telling her, hey, um, is there some kind of meetup? I'm in I'm, I'm in town for a little bit. And Ada was like, funny that you should say that Maha's in town. And so we all met up for coffee. And these meetups are a reminder of how, why we named our podcast what it was. As two friends, because we met through Dizzy's, we made so many other friends in recent year. Um, and if you want to see this as an encouragement and as a sign, reach out to people, talk about your interests. And um, you, you never know, you get to make beautiful friendships like the one we've had. I also want to make another quick shout out to Idona. I met her up in the other country I was in. She was another DZ friend as well. Um, before we get started, I also um, want to remind us that we are still going through some very hard times. Um, our hearts and our minds are with the Palestinian uh, folks, whether in Gaza or whether in the West Bank, as they are going through this horrific time. I know some of you might know this, but I am also um, Palestinian, Egyptian, um, American. I have some family in Gaza. And so this is this is something that's always in my heart and the back of my mind. And a part of resiliency, as I was telling Ada before we filmed, is we have to go through life, but we also have to honor and hold um, what is that. And we are here in solidarity with everyone. Okay, so let's get started with the podcast, um, not to get too much into the intro. Today, we are talking about a topic that a lot of us actually asked us to talk about, and it's villains. So we have different categories. But the first category Ada and I were thinking about is we really have a problem with the way villains are written as females. Female villains are written in a way that they write them as annoying, as hysterical, that they're always running after a man. You always wanted them off the screen. You're always like, why are they going so far? And we realized that they are written that way to make them undesirable to watch. And we've noticed this as a pattern more with females. So I wanted to hand it over to Ada to share some of the names that we came up with. So yeah, the one of the worst uh, hysterical uh, villains, female villains, uh, I we can remember we could remember was Shirin from the Dizzy Kadın, uh, which we mentioned this Dizzy before. Uh, it was like the leading lady was Özgöz Pirinci, and she was a lady. She was a, a woman uh, whose husband was uh, missing, and she had two small kids, and she was uh, living in very difficult conditions to look after them. And at the same time, she was also um, 
trying to make ends meet, etc. She was also sick, etc. And this character, Shirin, was her sister. But uh, she had problems with her family. And this was, I think this was um, her, um, yeah, the like, Shirin was a character that uh, I, I can't remember if she redeemed herself later, but she was so hysterical. She was written in such a way that you you couldn't even understand why she was being so harsh. You couldn't even understand why she was uh, so evil. <laughs> like it was uh, annoying. And she really was the epitome of like hysterical, like being hysterical. So we wanted to mention her. Like um, uh, Sarah Kaya did a great job uh, acting this character, giving life to this character. But she was, she was the most annoying female villain <laughs> I can remember. Yeah. Yes, she was. Next very up is. Yeah. Next up is the same uh, actress, but Maha is going to tell you not, not the same actress, but her Dizzy, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, and if but I'm gonna need you to pronounce the dizzy for everyone's um ears sick. The dizzy's name is Bir Küçük Gün Thank you. So as you remember, this dizzy uh, is right. It does have um the same actress, but she plays the uh the protagonist at this time. It's about Elif who becomes a widow, finds out that her husband had cheated on her, had a daughter, and then she moves through life and she meets the da um, daughter's uncle and, and the mom and she starts having a relationship with the uncle. But what was really annoying about that whole Dizzy is there was a character there named Suna and Suna was the um, typical, she's a best friend. She works with the, with the Ferrat, who's the main guy character. She's she's in love with him. She's after him. She doesn't take no for an answer. She's always trying to play tricks on them. And it was really interesting in this Dizzy, and I don't think I'm ruining it for people, but they, they extended it to the point where then they had him get drunk one night and sleep with her. She became pregnant, and then she killed him at the and then the people were so upset by the ending that then they wrote a different ending and they actually had them like reconcile with the heroine but she's an example of a character that just she was so toxic and her role just kept getting bigger and you could tell like they were just making it bigger to create a villain because they had redeemed all the other villains in the dz and it was just it did not make sense in the end and it was she was someone every time she came on screen i was like oh here she goes again anyhow i will pass it over to uh, Ada, for the next one, if you want to talk about, um, I think someone who I, yeah, I, yeah go ahead. I think, uh, I think you should talk about uh, the women of uh, Yelichapkina. You know them better than me. So oh I'll leave it okay. to you. <laughs> Again. All right. So the women of Yelichapkina, and I am, uh, I think this is a show we've all come to terms that everyone on that show is toxic and you just have to live with it. But it's really the way they write the females, whether it's Peline, who is the mistress of the of, of, of Farid and the ex-girlfriend or the current girlfriend, her mother, uh, the maid Sultan or Iftikhat, the mother-in-law. And the way they just write these females, they're annoying, they're conniving, they're whiny, they um, their actions don't make sense. And they're always just scheming and they're always evil for this purpose of being evil. Um I know Ada and I have a lot to talk about about the show, and I think it will come out later on. But they are, they're just a prime example of how you write females to be very um, 
unlikable compared to the male characters like you had the dad on that show who has hit the woman but yet somehow people still love him because they give him comedic jokes you have Farid also and we'll talk about him later but it's the way they write these females it's like they write them in no other way but that you have to hate them and then I'll pass it over to you Ada for our next person yeah the last person on this um yeah this is a category like we you know we like to group uh the characters in categories when we are talking about them and this episode is not about female villains by the way it, but we st- we wanted to start out start out with female villains and this group because we kind of uh are annoyed by this the way writers are writing uh these uh female villains in in this hysterical way and um first i'll mention the last character in this uh category who is chala from ashkmantik intikam i detest this dizzy i don't like it i'm sorry fans of this dizzy you 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 i think you wasted your time uh but chala was played by um melissa what was her surname i don't remember her surname i don't think she's uh important enough for me to remember her surname um but like um i think uh like in ashkmantik intikam the reason i was so annoyed by the dizzy and this character is because it started out so nicely it was going to be a good dizzy but they ruined it uh uh, and then and like Chala became this hysterical character who was who looked like a woman woman who was like uh cool and beautiful and smart and loving and compassionate and then she became a crazy woman who was like after her man and uh, as if the only uh thing she wanted in life was to be with uh that uh, that I don't even remember Ilhan's character's name but like yeah that that was that was that was all her character that was all her character and uh it was annoying as hell i think melissa did a good job with uh playing the character but um uh, yeah i think some some actors choose too many are like typecast and they play too many third women or villains or etc cetera, etc cetera. And this really ruins their character, uh, their their um, career path. I think so. They should. I think actors should be really looking out for um, th- these uh, choices because they want to be in projects, which is understandable. Now that I'm in uh, kind of in the industry, I can see this like happening. But like at the same time, this is really ruining their career path in a way they could choose smaller roles they want to be in leading roles which um in this case it was a leading role for her but like it like it makes them unlikable (laughs) in a way and one last thing i want to add to this category is that like this uh writing women uh, as hysterical i think it was uh, i am not really sure if uh this is accurate you can check on these facts but i think it started with freud because freud liked to frame uh, hysteria in women because i think freud was a bit sexist and he and a, and a misogynist i think and so he kind of frames uh women's problems uh like uh, as hysteria but like um i think at at that time maybe this is this was how they saw women women and because like women were housewives they weren't really allowed to 
work in uh, every, like, they couldn't do every job they wanted, etc., etc. So when women had problems or uh, had, uh, like, psychological problems, they weren't uh, treated equally as men <laughs> always. So, yeah, I think, uh, and, and in literature, they also adopted this uh, kind of um, mindset. And for a long time, this, like, uh, so this, I think this writing style in disease is coming from that tradition. So it's very old fashioned. This is not how women act. So uh, this is, this. I wanted to leave this message for, for if anyone cares. Uh, so as viewers, we should show uh, on uh, like we should show that we don't like women being written this way, and we are not buying this. Um, um, I don't know this way of writing them. Well said, yeah. Ada. End well of said. rant. End of rant. <laughs> no, we need this rant, and it's important. I think um, it's it can be dangerous, right? Because a lot of the female. A lot of the audience watching disease are mostly female, so it's important to point this out and how it is. And as you were talking, this reminded me of something. Do you remember the the Bishtil test? It was a test that was a um, it was founded in Hollywood, and it was the idea of measuring representation of women in film and other fiction. And the test asks you if you if the two if there's two female characters on screen who have a conversation about something other than a man they've passed this test and a lot of things fail that test and i think to your point is how they are viewed like back to disease it's hysterical most of the women no matter how successful they are it's always revolving about a love story a man something it's never really just about the females on their own which is why i think in our previous episode when we talked about strong female characters the ones that we loved were the ones that had a story beyond that so thank you for bringing that up do you want to talk about thank our you. next category yeah so next category is like the ogs we want to mention these characters that we uh, love their style admire their style and we also can't believe the like the extent they go with being villains like they are these are mega villains in our eyes so the first one i'll leave to you maha the first one is uh kinan from the og of og disease izel he's played by another og haluk belginar and he was um I think the the stereotype of the smooth mafia businessman with a flawed past and how he moves forward in life and what he's willing to do, um, Haluk plays it to he he was wonderful and Kinan was just an OG. Um, he was the one when you watch Izel, all the other villains really answered to him and he had a goal in mind and I love how they in Izel they set him up it was him as the main villain there was a main other protagonist and then there was Izel and the villains with him against him and they all kind of had two teams working against one another but Kinan the way the smoothness he played the soft-spoken villain I think what I love about him is that he doesn't appear as a villain when you first see him you're you're kind of confused like why are you a villain you're soft-spoken you're a gentleman you remember your first love and then he starts doing things and you're like oh my gosh you are rotten to the core and so that's why I just want to give him a shout out yeah I wanted to give a little information about Ezel because our maybe some of our listeners don't know this dizzy 
Uh, I'm sure they know Haluk Bilginer. He's a, he's one of the finest actors in Turkey. But Ezel, uh, the Dizi Maha mentioned, uh, is the name of the protagonist, Ezel. And he, this is a modern, uh, like a Count of Monte Cristo. Like this is a revenge story. And uh, it's one of the like most watched Turkish uh, dizzies by Turkish people, I mean, <laughs> in Turkey. And this was a very, very uh, good uh, revenge story because Ezel was wronged by his best friends. And uh, then he had plastic surgery. So in, in the beginning of the dizzy, the character was played by someone else. After he had the plastic surgery and came back as someone else, he was played by Kenan Imizaloğlu. And Ezel is like lasted for a few seasons, I think, and was filled with characters. Like there were so many characters that went and came. Uh, I mean, the lead character stayed, but it was like, uh, it was like, uh, I don't know, there were so many good actors in it and also so many good characters. So if you can get your hands on Ezel, do watch it. It's very enjoyable. It's a very interesting story. It's heartfelt, but also very interesting a lot of intrigue and it looks like a mafia dizzy but it's not it's not a mafia dizzy uh, uh, it's more than that it's much more deeper than that also uh, so yeah I wanted to explain and give some information on Ezel because sometimes uh, it's like um, yeah sometimes there is this misconception about dizzies like they look some sort of way like this looks like a mafia dizzy to some so i wanted to explain that so yeah next villain is one of my favorites and i have an i have a whole article on this because i was obsessed with marashle uh, and savash was the villain one of the villains in marashle um i think uh he was one of my favorite villains because like he had perfect impeccable style he was uh i mean you understood that he was a villain initially like but he he was like a vampire he couldn't be in the sun he was like uh he was very gentlemanlike he dressed a certain way he had his umbrella like they uh like the 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 writing of the character was great but he was it was also played to perfection by Saigon Soisal and he was a very memorable character. He will always live in our hearts <laughs> because he was the kind of villain that you also understood where he came from and why he became a villain. So and like, I love it when writers do that, when they give us a little, like, uh, like when we, we don't understand it suddenly, but um, like layers, uh, there are layers to the character. So you, uh, slowly understand and un uncover his secrets and you become like obsessed with him. <laughs> so yeah, great, uh, great villain, Savash. From sure. Yes. And um, the reason I was looking at you as you're talking, I found that article uh, you wrote about him. It was a wonderful article. Um, we're going to link it in the notes for you to all to read uh, Ada's brilliant writing. But the next villain we have is also from Marashli and it's Najati, who is played by Sirhat Kilic. And um, Najati was another character. He is honestly, I love all the characters in Marashli, but he was like close to my heart because he was someone who you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. And he was someone who was also played in layers. When the DZ first opens up, he's shown as like the drunken brother who just wanders around and gives these zingers and comebacks. And he's just 
tells the truth. And one of the first scenes that was, I don't know, Ada, if you remember, it was the weirdest. He would like gather all the kitchen staff and like give them these like monologues about philosophy. And they had no idea what he was saying, but it was the interaction that gave you a little bit of the plot. Najati also was the um, unofficial narrator of Marashli. He also was almost the one taking you through the story at some parts. And then I'm not going to ruin the DZ, but then something happens where then you realize like, oh, no, he is actually one of the villains. But even throughout this, his nuance of how he played this villain and how he had the very special relationship with his sister Mahur, how he connected to Savash and how he also connected to Marashli. And Ada has an amazing article that I was just looking at linking all these three characters and how the uh, sins of the father or how their relationship with their father affected the way they became villains and the path they chose. So definitely encourage you to check that out and check out the DZ. Um, all right, next. Am I the one that's going to keep talking for the next few? Yeah, ones? yeah. Oh you're, you're, these are your villains. <laughs> oh my gosh, my villains. Yes, I have a whole closet full of villains. So the next one is um, Amir from um, Kara Sifda. So Amir was played by Khan Organziolo. And Organziolo. He's, and he's currently playing in Yarge. And actually, I was so scarred by how he played Karasivda. It took me a while to actually want to watch Yorge because I couldn't see him as anything but the villain. So he plays the villain in the iconic Karasivda. And I actually enjoyed him more than the main couple because he was so nuanced. He was someone who was the main villain from episode one. You saw him. He was obsessed with Nihad. He wanted to marry her. And he had this obsession of he wanted love through her because the way he was raised he didn't get love and he always wanted something what was unique about his character is the way he was written and the way Khan played him you really thought there were points you thought he was going to redeem himself whether it was him um, uh, um, forming a relationship with the with the protagonist's sister you thought like hey maybe this is the point where he's going to move on and start his own life and love someone else it was in the way as um, when Emir and uh, sorry, when um, Kemal and Nihan have a daughter and he decides to and, and, and through all the different um, scenarios, she ends up being Emir's on paper. The way his relationship with this child and the bond he creates, you're like, this is a redeemable character. And he's not. And it becomes a cycle. But anyways, I just wanted to point out he was someone who was just a wonderful villain and you just did not. He, he took it so far, you couldn't believe it. Like there was one scene I remember, he made Nihan think he was throwing the child over the cliff to scare her to stay with him. Like he was just evil. Um, I, I, Ada's face is very funny, if you guys could see it. She's giving me a look like, what? Anyhow, and the next villain is um, Azize from Herjai. She is the villain of villains, not in the way she dresses also, but she is someone who... She was playing chess while people were playing checkers. She was like two steps ahead of everybody. She moved everyone like pawns in that dizzy. Um, she is someone who felt she was very wronged by the family that she was taking revenge on. And she raised her grandson to just think about revenge. And she has a whole plot ready to go. And it just whenever one problem would get solved, she would bring someone up, something else up. Um, I think at some point it would be good to talk about her Jai and how they do that. But what was interesting about her as the female villain 
is she was not written as a hysterical villain. She was truly evil. She was truly smart. She was written as an equal to all the male characters. And I appreciated that about her is she had this gravitas to her and she had wonderful chemistry with um, uh, Akin who played um, her grandson and with the um, other characters as well. And she is just was a joy to watch. So I'll pause there. Okay, one thing I remember about Azize, even though I haven't really watched Harjai, yeah. was her eyeliner. Like yes. that eyeliner was eyelinering. <laughs> it was. It was. Well, that was great. Like it was amazing. I don't know. Someone has to tell me the, the like the brand of the coal eyeliner they were using on her. Like her <laughs> eyes looked so good. But yeah. like uh, I think the character design aspect of creating a villain is really important mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like uh i think they did a great job with her like yeah. even her physicality like her looks her makeup her uh clothes everything she looked like a crow like she looked like yep. someone dangerous some she looked like someone could harm others like for sure uh, and the actress is also like perfect yeah. i think she's in uh, she's in Aile right now in Kvanch Tatlu 2 and Serenai Sarika is dizzy. She was, yeah. and she played another villain. But she's not a villain. She's, she's questionable. A villain? She's questionable. You never know. She's mm. she's on the questionable character. But she also played another villain in, uh, there was a dizzy, and I can't remember its name. It's Gul Jamal, I think. It was short, but she also played a female villain. She's just, this actress is really good. About isn't villains. she the one? Who, isn't she the one who killed Poiras Karayas? Like, yep. she's she's a villain through and through. Yeah, what, no, Aida, what, what a woman. Yeah, Aida Excel <laughs> is one of my favorites. She is wonderful to watch. Yeah, I mean, if I ever need someone to play a villain, I will hire her. That's for sure. For sure, for sure. Yes, awesome. Do you want to so talk next... about our next category? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So the next category is villains we hate. But we hate them because they do their job well. Let's not forget, sometimes there are villains, but they are not good actors. Like, I don't want to name names, but like, <laughs> there are some uh, people who are playing a villain, but they're not uh, credible. They are not convincing. These characters we are going to mention are played by great actors and actresses. So uh, we wanted to mention them. The first one is from the DZ Kuzey Güney. I want to give some information on the DZ. Kuzey Güney is again a very like a DZ that has been very successful in Turkey. I, I'm not sure if uh, people outside of Turkey have watched it. This was uh, like. Uh, one of the like this was about two brothers named Kuzey and Güney. One of the brothers was played by Kvanç Tatlıtu. Kuzey was played by uh, Kvanç Tatlıtu, and Güney was played by I think Bura Gülsoy. Uh, and uh, Kuzey means north, and Güney means south. So they were like complete opposites. Uh, and uh, the villain I'm going to mention. Handan is their mother, <laughs> which is very odd because like she's their mother, but she was like, she was played to perfection, by the way. I, I can't remember the actress's name. I'm very sorry. Uh, but like, um, 
the mother was the type of person who is she was really toxic but uh, not in the way that you expect like first you felt very sorry for her because she played the victim card so well especially Kuzey was always like uh he was like a, such a mama's boy but both of them were but she favored Gunei more than Kuzey um because uh Gunei was uh, successful at school he was gonna be uh like he was gonna get, get a good job make more money and kuze was like a loser <laughs> um, by the way uh for this dizzy i think kvanch had to change his physicality so much he had to lose weight he was a fighter he he had fight scenes so he um worked really hard for this role but not just physically he also started um like this was the first time he mentioned having an acting coach and you could see the difference like you could see the difference in his acting yeah. Yeah. this was the dizzy he proved everyone like i am a good actor and after this dizzy he was seen he wasn't just a pretty face before this he was yeah so hangan was a great character we wanted to mention her because uh, also we wanted to encourage you to go see Kuzey Gunei because that's that's a great Disney. Yep, it is. And mm -hmm. Ada, it was also famous um, outside of Turkey as well. I know a lot of people uh, mention it. And in the Arab world, actually, because of of um, Kevanch's uh, popularity before, they renamed the show The Return of Mohenad, the name of his character from Gumush, to mm -hmm. get people attention to watch it. But yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, yeah, because I, I was remember I was like, it has nothing to do with the show. Why? And then I realized it was a marketing scheme. But yes, it's a wonderful show. The next person is uh, Mukaddas from uh, Fatma Gul. And Mukaddas is um, a character we uh, love to hate. From the first episode, you see her. She's has everything you hate in a character. She's naggy. She's eavesdropping. She manipulates her husband. She lies. She and, and she's the one actually who moves the whole story around. If you think about it, um, if you remember, we've talked about Fatma Gul before, but it's about a, a, a simple village woman who gets um, raped by these rich men. And she ends up, um, you know, her life getting changed and having to marry the person um, who was part of that. But he didn't rape her, but he was part of the the um, the group. Muqaddas is the one that strikes the deal with the rich family. So she's the one who agrees to sign Fatma's rights away and basically shame her being like, you put us to shame, take the money, force her to get married to this other guy and have them move to um, Istanbul. She's also someone who's very ungrateful. She's jealous. And she's always like, every time you see her on screen, you just want to throw something at her. Like she always ruins good moments, whether it's uh, Fatma Gul with her brother or her nephew or with her love interest or whatever. She's always kind of like that naggy, black cloud moving around and what was um i think striking about her character is she you could see her like every day i know people who are like this in my life so she's a villain she's not out there like a mafia villain or someone who but she's like an everyday villain who like she purposely would say things to make some fatma ghoul cry or purposely say things that is going to hurt the person in front of them so anyways i just wanted to give a shout out and this actress is amazing i think she does such a wonderful job in all the dizzy she does and people i think genuinely don't like her because they think she's like her characters but i think she's a wonderful actress 
Yeah, Mukaddes was played by Esra Dermancıoğlu. And mm-hmm. Esra Dermancıoğlu is a very interesting person. As a person, she's very interesting. Yeah. She's very well educated. I think she can speak like French and English and maybe some other languages. Yeah. She's she's a very artsy person. She's a great theater actress as well. But she is crazy. She's in in real life too. I think she's crazy. So maybe her, so she little doesn't bit give, of her characters live yeah. in her, yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. She doesn't really care about other people. So mm-hmm. that's uh people either love her or hate her. Yes. So the next one, uh the next villain we wanted to mention um is Mimtas uh from Poiras Karayal. I think we mentioned Poiras Karayal before. It's one of my favorite dizzies. And the reason I started watching Marashle was because of Poiras Karayal because it's written by the same writer Etam Özışık and he's he's great he's a great writer um so Poiras Karel was a like a uh the story of uh Poiras who is a uh, who is a policeman or a detective um who has lost everything he's divorced he's he's such a loser etc and Mumtaz is his chief like uh in at the police station um and he's uh he looks like a nice guy initially he's trying to help Poiras get his life back get his kid back uh, from his wife etc he's um having issues etc but uh he's actually a villain and he's onto something and you again you peel the layers off slowly and uh because the acting is great you start doubting yourself like is this a good guy it's a bad guy is he nice is he is he gonna redeem himself but he's a villain so uh yeah great character great dizzy again if you can get your hands on Poiras Karel, i think it's as good as marash if not better um and uh it's a very also it's a very good love story as well like it has it has it is like a um it is a um yeah it has a bit of everything it's it's got drama it's got police uh stuff and it's also a great love story yeah next up is is Jingis from mm-hmm. I, yes, I, this is the episode Maha's villains. I feel like I just have a closet and I keep pulling. <laughs> so, um, Jingis is from Izel. Um, he is portrayed by Yigi Oshener, and actually, Yigi is one of my uh, favorite actors. Um, I think he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, exactly. Um, he is just uh, uh, s- smart. He is always playing like nuanced villains, but in this one specifically, is I think when he got caught people's attention. So he plays the former best friend of Omar, who then becomes Izel, as as um, Ada was explaining earlier in the plot. And what's interesting is how he is played. He is first portrayed as just the mischievous, good-hearted kid from the neighborhood who's just kind of jealous of Omar and on, on his life, but he, he kind of goes along with them. And then he he's the one actually that sets him up for the bank robbery he's the one that sets it up that he goes to jail and then he marries his his um love and then he moves through 
What's interesting is as the as the, the Dizzy moved along is you can see him. He starts out as you think he's the grand villain, but then you start seeing him shrink and you actually start seeing him. He is a morally gray character. He still loves his friends. He loves the one the one who was his ex-wife, but he also doesn't know how to stop himself from being the bad guy. And I just think um I love we we love nuanced characters, right? And so love watching him on screen and how he was portrayed. And then another I another great character. Yeah. Yeah. I think um Izel, I cannot say enough good things about Izel and Poiras Karayel. Definitely they're older ones, but we definitely you can watch them. And I think they're on a lot of the um the websites that have good subtitles as well. I'm not gonna name them here, but I think folks who watch know which ones I'm talking about. Um, our next category is hot villains. And I'll be honest with you, this is just us being superficial. We don't really have much to say other than they were really hot and we just enjoy them. And um, <laughs> I'm going to run through some quick names and then hand them over to Ada. Ada, I'm sure, might have more eloquent things to say. But the two hot ones I can think of are from Shakur. It's uh, Barish Ardush, who was in this, uh, I think, the fourth season or third season he was just amazing he was barely in there barish in his prime he had some boxing scenes enough said and then you have uh alfred duimaz in shukur he was in season one and he played he was a crazy villain like he was also uh very good looking played the piano but i think alfred was in his prime there as well and was really good and then the third person is um and some people might not agree with me but Ben Ham from Adam Farah right now, played by the Fia, by Fiaz Duiman, I think he's good looking. I think he's also a very nuanced villain. He plays him very well, but I think he also can hold his own against uh, Ingen, which is hard to, hard to do. And he has great chemistry with um, Demit. He has great chemistry with the kid, the one playing his kid, and he's just a joy to watch. I'll move it over to you, Ada. Yeah, mine are uh, like. Uh... I'm not going to be eloquent. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a lot of mentions uh, of Ezel today in, in this episode. I promise this is not sponsored by Ezel in any way. <laughs> our we next character. <laughs> yeah, we wish. Uh, in uh, our next. Uh, yeah. So I want to mention another character from Ezel. And it's uh, it's Aishan. Uh, this woman, uh, played by Jan Sudere, uh, was uh, the, the protagonist's girlfriend who betrayed him. But uh, like, it's interesting, throughout the Dizzy, there's still this pull and pu push and pull between them. They, they did it in a great way. Aishan is very sexy, very beautiful, but she's also, she's interesting. She's again layers she's she's not just one thing yes she leaves uh like she betrays him and then she like she kind of repents but she's always she, you you never know what she's gonna do she always keeps you guessing so yeah this was a great character i think it was a villain like we are we 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 agreed with maha that she is a villain at the end of the day but she is she's she's hot but she's also interesting she kept it interesting that's i think that's what made her hot as well not just being very tall and very uh beautiful <laughs> another one is from the dizzy medjezir this was a remake of our oc i think right so yeah a lot of uh a lot of people with 
Mermaid Jazir. Uh, this is the Dizzy that made Serenay Sarikaya, Chatay Ulusoy famous. They were like uh, together at the time, or they they got together at the time, I think. And uh, it had a lot of attention from media. But I'm gonna mention Orkun, not them. Uh, Orkun was played by Metin Akdulyar, who has became a like well-known actor now. But at that time, I think this was his first uh, like. Uh, bigger role uh, or kun he was uh, he was a villain because he was like this uh, he was always um, trying to make fun of or like he was jealous of uh, Chatao Lusoy's character which I can't remember now the character's name uh, but like Orkun was like the kind of villain you you despised but also when he came on the screen you were like okay <laughs> he was easy on the eyes like his character was like he i think he gave a lot to that character and later on i discovered for example he really does play american football because in the dizzy he was playing american football etc he plays it in real life as well um and like he was he was this kind of like you were never uh, completely convinced that like Serenai's character should be with him because he was a villain. He was he was a douchebag, uh, but like um, you still were like, okay, you're good looking. Okay, I'll give you that. So I think he, he and also like as the dizzy went on, you could see his pain, like why he was this uh, standoffish go guy, etc. So I think he he did a good job with it. He 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 made it memorable. I think uh, for that uh, character. So shout out to him. And yeah, the last one I want to mention in this category is Shahika uh, from Yasak Elma. Yasak Elma, uh, we mentioned in earlier episodes. I hope you remember. <laughs> I hope you listened to our <laughs> previous episodes. Uh, it's a dizzy that went on forever. Yasak Elma is uh, it's a lot of intrigue. It, it's, uh, it was about... I mean, it's very hard to explain what the disease is about. It's about rich people having... Uh, like uh first world problems <laughs> let me say that because after a while it became about nothing uh but like shahika was a uh lovely villain because i think uh nisrin javadzade it was played by nisrin javadzade and nisrin javadzade is like the kind of woman uh like if you opened the dictionary and looked up the word woman i think she there would be a picture of her like a photo of her she's so feminine she's so lovely she's so uh, she's a good actress as well but she's typecast which is very uh tragic because i think she she can do better than this roles she's taking but anyway um Aika was the type of villain that like you couldn't hate she was she was doing villainy stuff to yildiz who was the protagonist of the dizzy who was uh, very funny she we mentioned her last week she's the funniest protagonist i've ever seen in dizzy's uh but like uh shaika kept it interesting with her like being a villain like you she, she did stuff that made you angry but you were also like okay girl you're smart <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll give her that so I'll, I'll leave you the last one the most charismatic woman ever to, to ever walk. have lived yeah, we all should be here when we grow up. It's um, Ferdos Ferdos from Ashkim Memnon, played by the iconic 
Nebahat Jehre. Is that how I, I probably slaughtered her name? Nebahat Jehre. Nebahat Jehre. Yeah, she is gorgeous. So she's the one who plays the mom of Bihtar in Ashke Mamnoon. She's actually the one that causes the whole thing. She's the one who um, wants to marry the rich man. And she's the one that Bihtar felt that she was the reason her dad passed away. So if if she wasn't the way she is, she would not, we would not have had the story of Ashke Mamnoon. But the character, this actress is she's gorgeous and she was a villain through and through. But I think her outfits and the way she carried herself rivaled her daughter Behtar. I also didn't realize like she is, God bless her, she's 79 and she is still such a fashionista. Like she has her own Instagram, she still posts from Ashke Mamnoon, she still interacts with fans. And so she is a queen. We have to give her a shout out. She's awesome. She's a queen. And uh, also, there was gossip about her at the time of Ashkemimno. Mm-hmm. They said that she brought clothes from her own wardrobe when she didn't Ooh. really like the fittings or the clothes that was that were offered offered to her. And so this was never confirmed, but I believe it because she was so iconic. I, I like I'm sure she she put her own twist to it yeah. because like our like Turkish costume designers couldn't <laughs> she was she was too good. Yeah, no, she's and she she's allowed to do whatever she wants. And she probably made the character better by doing that. So um, so the next category is uh, comical villains. I think uh, we are lucky that we have such nuance in all the different DZs and how they are played. Um, the first group we're going to talk about. And again, I wish we were endorsed by Poiraz, Karayal and Izel, but we're not. But this group is from Poiraz, Karayal. It's the mafia gang. It is the one. So as the story of Poiraz, as as uh, Ada was sharing, it's about this cop and he gets involved in the mafia world and, and gets tangled up. So the main mafia man has a group of three uh, folks that he works with, or four, I think, three or four. They are just so funny. There are scenes with Poiraz, there are scenes with each other, the way they, um, they provide the comic relief in the show. And what's amazing about this um, Dizzy is it has everything. And the comedy comes from moments that should not have comedy. But I think the one that I remember the most is one of them likes a doctor and they are all like trying to teach him how to be like a more refined gentleman. And he they go and meet and they have this kebabji place that they all meet at and they were trying to train him how to eat things or how to order food that was from a refined restaurant and it was just the the scene was so funny and it was just there's many moments like that but they as a as a group were very fun to watch yeah i think after this episode i'm gonna restart Poiras karel and as yeah. <laughs> right we've convinced ourselves um do you want to yeah. talk about the next character uh yeah the, that, that's the next character yeah. of course of course i do because this is one of my favorite villains again uh this is from uh kızılcık şerbeti which is airing right now like uh, this is uh i hope you're watching and if you're not watching kızılcık şerbeti what are you doing with your life like you should be watching Kazuchik Sharbeti. I think it's the most relevant dizzy right now. Yep. It's the only dizzy that meant that is um about like this real struggle between two uh type of people like type of people in Turkey, like the conservatist and the secular people. I think uh it's uh explaining really well how uh hard it is for some people who are have to be on both sides or have friends or loved ones from the other 
like side, I don't know, I don't want to be divisive in this, but it's true that there are people who are more conservative and who are more secular. And when uh, when their relationships start, uh, then when they're in relationship with each other, their uh, different worldviews may collide. So this is all like I I I am not being paid by Kadilcik Sharbeti again, <laughs> but I want to mention it because it's airing right now. So uh, Kadilcik Sharbeti has other villains as well, but I wanted I wanted to give a shout out to Nilai. Nilai is uh, the like uh, from the conservative family. It's actually she's married to one of their uh, sons. Uh, their oldest son she's married she's like a girl who doesn't come from riches like uh, because the conservative family is very rich in this dizzy and she is from she's not from a rich family so she's kind of uh, I don't know how to call this in English Maha you should help me like what are what are people who uh, marry into money and who, who are like she she can't really adapt because we have a saying for that Bour like Bour we call them bourgeoisie no not bourgeoisie um no we have a saying for that let me explain that saying and if, if it comes up Maybe, like yeah. uh, you can say what it's in english like we call them sonra dan görme which means uh one who sees afterwards because she has seen money afterwards she 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 acts in a funny way mm -hmm. she like she's really like when she sees money she's like oh, huge her eyes are huge or she's very she's not very elegant about it she's she she looks down on people who don't have money even though she didn't have money before marrying him Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So we that's a, it's a negative word. Like uh, so when we call someone Sondra Dangar, it means that they didn't they were not born into money. They had money afterwards. So she's that type of person. And she's also she loves gossiping. She loves um, using information she has on other people for her benefit so she's uh, but she's also funny <laughs> she she like she's like she she has a lot of uh comic relief moments in the dizzy uh so um she's also like played really well by the actress i think she's doing a great job like but also she's the type of person like you said for someone else like this is the type of person you could meet every day in turkey very relatable she's a, a i love the way you said it it's a she's an everyday villain she's not a she's not a like marvel villain she she's an everyday villain so uh, I am more scared of these type of villains in real life because like yes. they can smile to your face and then mm -hmm. afterwards you'll hear something from someone else and they'll say, oh, Eda, why did you say this about me? And you're like, I didn't say that about you. And you're like, oh, oh who, who said this? And you don't even know who did it. And it's her. It's Nilay. She's that type of person. She's that type of villain. So we wanted to give her a mention. And I can't think of a name for this in English. We have that in Arabic of someone who's like married into rich or or forgotten. But I, there is a word in English. I can't remember it. But uh, real quick, before we move on, something about that um, Dizi. Um, when I when, when I visited Istanbul, this I, this has been my second time in Turkey. 
most DZs and people in DZs do not reflect who you say see every day and the people you interact with. This is the first DZ I've seen in a while that I feel like the people in it reflect the folks I saw in the street and I interacted with bo from both sides. So just a note to underscore what Ada said as well. Um, the next uh, uh, comical villain is uh, Yekta from Yarge. Uh, he's played by the iconic Ugur Pulat. And Yekta is, I'm not going to tell you Yargi's story because I know everybody's watching it. Everybody knows the story. But he is someone who, he's gone from being a villain to, he's like a quasi-villain now. I've caught up on an episode or two, Ada, in um, in uh, Yarge. And he's not a villain to uh, uh, Jaylene and, and uh, Ilgaz, but he's still a villain in other parts of his life. But what I love about him is his comedic timing. Also, he should be in the well-dressed category he's always dressed he's so well put together but he always has the funniest phrases and um, especially in the first season when he would play off of Jaylene or he would play off of the other characters I remember people created a, a, a account of, of like just sharing his comebacks as memes on on the timeline because he's just so funny so anyhow it's just a shout out to uh, uh, Ugur's wonderful acting and the next one is um it was sadly a short-lived dizzy of the summer called Ru the Ruhun Duimaz, and it was Jevan. And Jevan was played by Tugrul Turek, and he was a character when he, they first introduced him. He was supposed to be um, me. You were supposed to be scared of him. He was like the head of the family. He was like the one that dealt with the mafia. And he turns out to be this comical villain who has like um, uh, food allergies, who's always uh, uh, checking his blood pressure, who is like sensitive and, and is like he ends up liking her and he like brings her pink teddy bears. And he he's still a villain, but he has this like comical, funny, fluffy side to him. And I thought to, to group played him really, really well. He was so fun to watch. And um, one of the reasons I'm sad that this disease over is we didn't get more of this wonderful character. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I think he has a great future <laughs> in being a villain. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully um, we see more of him. I hope so too. I think he was wasn't he in another show and he it was the drama, it was the 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 one with the, the girl in the window. He played another role in that too. Do you remember? Oh that? yes, but yeah. that was like he was uh, the uh, husband of uh, uh, Sema Argech or what yeah. was her name? Yeah, but he had range. I guess that's what I'm saying is he it was completely two different roles and he was just wonderful. So anyhow, our next category, do you want to explain what this is and talk about the, the first character in there? Yes. So the this category is uh, uh, we call them villains, but not everybody would call them villains. These are villains in our eyes uh, because these are toxic characters. That's why we see them as villains, but uh, like our listeners may uh, think differently. So we wanted to say this beforehand that we name them villains. They might be your, for you, they might be great characters or protagonists or heroes even. Uh, so, so sorry in advance, <laughs> if you think that way. The first one is Pirit from Yalıçapkını. And before I... Um, I say what I think of him. <laughs> I want to uh, say a few words about uh, the projects OGM uh, productions are putting out. Because these type of diseases like Yelichapkını and now I think Saklabini uh, and like beforehand, like 
I think this uh, started with uh, the Red Room, Kırmızı and Masumlar Apartmanı. And then Jamda Kikas, Chop Adam, and all these OGM projects based on stories written by uh, Gülseren Budayıcıoğlu, who is a psychiatrist, have been big dizzies. And we kind of, uh, uh, we applaud their success, not, I don't want to be misunderstood, but we also, I also, <laughs> I don't want to say we and throw you under the bus. No, but I am the I also, I'm, I'm with you all the way on this. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, We also think that uh, all these uh, disease uh, co that consist of uh, on, almost only toxic characters are starting to like... Uh, be tiring like we we feel tired of this disease with uh so many toxic characters and uh, like uh what i don't enjoy seeing at all is that th these uh characters do nothing to heal like the reason i watched red the red room Krimzoda, was because uh, it was taking place in the psychiatrist's office and we were also witnessing the healing of these characters but starting with Masumlar Apartment, it has become uh, like a, like a, a toxicity festival. Like uh, like these characters are hurting each other. They are not doing anything to heal from their uh, sicknesses, and almost all every character has a trauma, which is not realistic. Let's let's face it. Like I we like uh, the word trauma is. Just, has started to be thrown around too much in these diseases and uh, they all have traumas like one of them is peeing the bed uh, like we all peed our bed like uh, we all had small traumas like uh, a lot of people in real life have bigger traumas than the people in these diseases but like this type of drama has started to become very unrealistic and uh, honestly, I don't want to spend my time watching these disease at all. I watched the first episode of Sakla Beni, uh, and like it really became like I could like I made it through the first episode, and I was, was like I don't want to watch it. I I watched the first episode of Chop Adam, and I was like I don't want to watch this. I watched the few first few episodes of Yalıçapkını, and I even made a like a Twitter thread, and I thought I could enjoy it, but then I saw that no, this is too toxic for me, and I stopped watching Yalıçapkını. And I uh, like I respect we respect the people who are still watching, and please don't take it the wrong way. But I think. Yeah, let's come to the character. Ferit is hella toxic. <laughs> and like, there's no way in real life a woman would like uh, want to be with his sorry ass. Like, I don't know. This is like, this is really like any woman or like, of course, there are women in real life that unfortunately uh, are still together with someone toxic. Let's face it. It's the reality. I'm sorry for them. I hope they find a way out. But let's not endorse this in disease or in stories this much. Like if this was a movie, I would be like, okay, Yellow Shapkun was a great movie. It had a great message, blah, blah, blah. But if when it becomes a dizzy and you have to watch two and a half hours every week of the same, uh, sorry, but shit, then it becomes too much like we have enough problems in our lives we don't want to watch this i don't want to watch this i don't want someone like ferit uh to show up on my screen even if 
it's played by someone like Mert Ramazan Demir, who is extremely talented, very cute. I can understand younger women having an interest in him. But like this character is very toxic. This is not love in any way. He is just a villain in our eyes. That's what I'm going to say and rent over. Yeah. No, I uh, completely uh, agree with you, Ada. And I think um, it's interesting. I, I'm really glad you brought up this point about OGM because I think it's um, it does become tiring to watch because I've noticed, and I'm going to skip around in the order we talked about. You brought up uh, Sakle uh, Bene, and I do think, like, I think all the characters in there are toxic and they're all villains in their own way. Um, there is also, I've noticed this pattern of, women being slapped whether it's being slapped by a male woman slapping other women demeaning like uh, always the um villains demeaning other people without the w w woman fighting back like jimri's character i think you and i were talking last week like yeah. we don't want to keep watching jimri we love jimri and uraza's actress but we want don't want to keep watching her getting like abused verbally abused like that and so i think it sometimes then creates this everyone's toxic and maybe they don't mean it and yes i think ogm though has they have high production rates so they and they also have very sweet romantic scenes that are in the middle between the protagonists but it's not enough to make people forget about the whole episode unless then i wonder if people just watch it they just fast forward and watch those like romantic moments and forget about the rest and maybe that's why people are watching it i don't know but i i'm glad that you brought this up and i do think they they tend to be villains so sakle bene um is the next one um do you want to talk about um the other dizzy that you uh fateh from kizlik sherbati oh yes <laughs> so um yeah uh we already talked about Kızılcık Şerbeti, so our listeners know which dizzy we are talking about. Fatih is uh, initially was like, so there are two families. One is secular, one is conservative. And this is actually the story of uh, like the guy from the conservative family and the girl from the secular family fall in love. And Fatih is the guy. And they fall in love and they get married. And uh, that's when uh, Fatih becomes a villain. <laughs> he doesn't uh, like, uh, at first he's very loving and he's very nice, etc. But the the girl moves into the uh, conservative, like the secular girl moves into their family house. They live all together. They are very rich. They live in a big mansion. As you know, Turkish Dizis love to do that. It's a way to keep uh, the characters together and make the shootings uh, less expensive, I think, because uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't look like a healthy way to live, like all the family all together. Like, I can't imagine, uh, but like, it's, it's, a, it's a thing they do. Anyway, uh, he cheats on her. Uh, sorry to spoil it for people who are going to watch it, but I don't think anything about Kızılcık Şerbeti can be spoiled because like even with all the cliches, they know how to work with them, how to go through them. So uh, it'll still be a fun watch. Um, so he cheats on her and then he, he uh, she wants a divorce, but then he uh, gives money to her uh, divorce lawyer and like he does 
all these incredibly terrible things to her uh, and she has oh by the way she's pregnant when he's cheating on her and then she has her baby and she loses one of the babies at birth because of how stressed and sad she is etc so it's it's he's terrible and uh like everybody hates him and they we found out the like uh, a few weeks ago that someone made a and uh, like a website with his face and uh, as you click you can slap him and i think he had like uh last time i checked i think he had something around 10 million slaps <laughs> which which is funny as hell i love this dizzy and the like the community around it because like and then the actor who plays party shared it and he was like <laughs> he was having a really fun time he's doing a great job by the way uh, they're all doing a great job and it's like a soap opera it don't look it's not an artsy dizzy at all like there are sometimes very rarely artsy dizzies but like this is very very much a soap opera but it's really fun to watch and yeah Fatih is the kind of villain you'd expect like uh he's he has his moments he really loves um what's her name doa um but like and he loves his family but he's 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 standoffish he's uh i don't know he's very fixed in his own ways he sometimes doesn't listen and with uh like he's very um he's he wants to own doa and doa is a free girl she's been raised secular so she doesn't understand their ways in some uh, situations and like also like Fatih, he's such a mama's boy and he's very much affected by what things his mother says and he doesn't like there's like that's also one way to ruin your marriage <laughs> one, of, one of the many ways to ruin your marriage so he's uh yeah we wanted to mention him i think he's like almost a villain in everyone's eyes now but like we'll see we'll see maybe he'll redeem himself in some way in the future sometimes they do yeah um it'll be hard to but I, I think what i really enjoy is about what you're saying about the community and about the guy who plays him is they all know he's a villain and nobody's trying to hide it like it's just like they've embraced this idea but um speaking of mansions and um toxic uh families um the next one is uh uh kadermeni oino it's uh jamal who is played by akin Akinozo, and I think all of us who watched that show last year are still needing PTSD from the show. The show started out really good, and I think it had potential, and then it just went down into this uh, circle of of um, nonsense. But basically, the premise of the show is he is someone who got married really young to the love of his life. They have two kids, and then suddenly he just disappears one night and leaves her the night that his second child is born. And they um, they show you then they're focused on her. They're focused on how she raises the kids. And then um, there is a neighbor who uh, tries to um, uh, sexually harass, rape the young girl. She accidentally kills him. And then they're on the run. They meet someone and that someone takes them to a villa. Turns out, of course, through destiny, he is the uh, half brother of the, the woman that Jamal's character is married to. And then they all end up in the same house together and the story starts. Jamal is someone who is so toxic, but I think it's because Akin is so good looking that people like let it go. But he is someone who and he he was in love. He's over the top, but he was an awful human. And I think what was interesting about the DZ is 
I'll give them this. You know, we were all waiting for some big reveal, like why he left his family. Something big must have happened. He left them. And he just actually left them because he was tired of responsibility and he found a rich woman and he wanted to try a fun lifestyle and he just didn't want to leave the comfort of that lifestyle. And even throughout his the decisions he made throughout the dizzy, he was always chose the cowardly way out. And he became, it almost became a joke with the people in watching the show about, oh, how is he going to be worse next? And what's he going to do? Um, anyways, the dizzy doesn't end up in a, in a, a positive light. I think they still tried to redeem him, but he is definitely a, a toxic character that I don't think is redeemable. Sorry if people think he is. I like it when it's realistic. Like, yeah, yeah. I think Kaderimino, you know, did a good job and Akun did a good job yeah. with the, that character. Like, yeah. because he, he was really, there are men like him, yeah. a lot of men like him who, who, like, not that he didn't love, like, Oiku's character, his, like, ex-wife, the, the, the wife he left. Um, the wife he left pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, yeah. like, but, like, um there are a lot of guys who choose the easier easier way out and huh. like they they didn't like these are the guys that should not get married no. but they do and then right. they don't know what to do so it right. was i think it was a great portrayal of it was a very tragic story but it was i think it was well done i didn't watch all of it but like i i did watch some of it and it was a good dizzy i think Overall. Yeah, it started. It was good. I think the ending, it was just typical Dizzy. They went around in circles and then they rushed the ending. Well, I think if they had ended it the way they started, yeah. it would have been good. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah it happens. It happens. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just like um, the, mm -hmm. the, the writers are not given enough time to exactly. uh, do justice to the story. Exactly. Last one in this category is uh, from the Dizzy Omar, which is still going strong. Uh, and I think it's kind of, um, in a way, it's like Kazilcik Sharbeti. I think this is one of the rare diseases that uh, show the more conservative side of Turkey, uh, because in some diseases, Turkey is uh, Turkey is almost portrayed like a European uh, city, country, etc., because everything takes place in Istanbul and they don't even show any women with hijab or like covered heads. But Turkey is a secular country, so we have some of everything. And uh, we certainly have more uh, covered women <laughs> in some than what's shown on some disease. Omar uh, is interesting because it shows how more conservative people feel or uh, act, etc. And the character we wanted to mention is Tahir, who is Amar's older brother, uh, who um, is not, like, he's acting as a villain, but he's not a bad person. Like, uh, maybe he has a good heart, but he, ha he has been through a lot. And we have started to discover that, I think, with the return of his... Um, ex-girlfriend or something like that yeah uh so yeah we wanted to mention tahir because he is yeah he's doing villainy stuff right now so he should be um in this category but we'll keep an eye on him and i i love the actor who's playing tahir he's very versatile i remember him from krimizoda i think and he's um yeah he was playing burjubrijic's husband i can never forget his performance in that so he's he's 
he's a memorable he, he makes every character he plays memorable that's the kind of factor we need to see more of i think yeah sure. should we move on to our last category i think this is going to be our longest episode yet yes but yes. yeah and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna add to the length with a quick tangent i was gonna say i now love the show Omar a little bit more than I did before because of Gunzelteza, which is Ada's mom. When I was there, she took us on a, <laughs> on a tour of where the filming locations were because it was closer to uh, the Asian side. Um, and so she took us on the tour and I loved how she was like, and over here is where they filmed Tahir's house and over here. And so every time I see that show now, I'm like, oh, it remind, reminds me of you and your family. So anyhow, you should watch the show, not just because of that, but it's a good DZ. All right, next category. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The next category is uh, we wanted to give credit to more recent villains because some of the villains we mentioned today, yes, they were from recent projects uh, or uh, projects that are still airing. But we wanted to give uh, a few more. Uh, uh, we wanted to leave you with a few more villains from recent projects. The first one is uh, Aldatmak. I'm not sure if a lot of people from outside of Turkey are watching this, our inter international viewers uh, looking at this. This this is about a judge. Aldatmak means uh, to cheat uh, in Turkey. And um, and uh, this, is, uh, this disease is about a woman, a judge, who uh, is married to a lawyer. And... Uh, he cheats her like he's cheating on her with a younger woman she has a son and a, a daughter uh, who are like in their like they're in, like i don't know he is in his 20s she's uh graduating from school or she's in university i think and uh the villain uh, i wanted to mention Tarek from this dizzy aldatmak is his hu her husband who cheats on her uh, he's played by um, Mustafa Urlu, I think, and he's a great character. I I, I love Mustafa Urlu as an actor, and in this dizzy again, he doesn't disappoint. He uh, he's playing a man who um, he's a very like how can I describe him? Uh, he cheats on his wife with a younger woman. And she wants a divorce, they divorce, but he doesn't uh, give her the time of day. He's always doing shit behind her back. He's trying to hurt her because he loves her. That's that's interesting because he still loves his wife, but he can't redeem himself. She, Because the protagonist of this disease, uh, again, she's a great, strong woman who can stand on her feet, played by Vahide Gurdum great character again uh but he's like he's too like he knows he can't get through her he she won't buy his shit anymore so he's so desperate uh his desperation turns into being a villain he's he's not a good guy anyway but like he's trying to hurt her that's his agenda throughout the dizzy <laughs> Which is interesting, but like as the dizzy like went on, he 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 became more and more interesting because sometimes he's uh, he surprises you because he's he's reasoning. He has uh, you're like oh okay he's a villain, but he, he's right in this case. So it's a, it's an interesting character. 
uh, it's a, I, I love this dizzy. It's my mom's favorite, Aldatmak. It's like, I think it's funny because uh, like, I mean, there are young people in this dizzy, but the protagonist, Vaide uh, Gördüm, is in, his, in her 50s, I think. So it's, I think it's um, maybe more interesting for my generation and older people because most characters are mature. Uh, it could be uh, uh, one of the reasons. And another reason could be because like, yeah, the acting is great. Like Vahide Gurdum, like Mustafa Ulu playing Tariq and there's other great actors in the mix. Um, and the younger actors are good as well. It's an interesting story. So I wanted to mention Tariq and the, the Dizzy, of course. I'm, I'm glad you did, because I think it's a good Dizzy people don't know. But I don't know if you remember, but a few months ago, it became a trend on TikTok because of uh, Aras Aiden, who plays Behnam. He plays the... the oh! Um, he, it became... Yeah. They, they did a lot of... Um, edits of him with the with the girl and so I think a lot of people caught interest and started watching it and I don't know if I don't think his character is on season two so people's um are not watching it as much but I'm glad you mentioned the other characters because I would just see those two characters and see edits for them on the time oh yeah 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 I think I think uh it's like um I think the uh they yeah. didn't uh, see those edits <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't kill his character <laughs> yeah i think it came after unfortunately yeah um it's speaking of good characters and and mature characters the next person is uh, julia from Aile, and it's played by the iconic iconic nur surer who was also great as faride and uh kamda kikiz and she just finished but julia is like the villain of the mother-in-law villain like she is uh, obsessed with her son she is the head of the mafia family Isla is about a mafia and it, um and it's about the interaction of the family and it's about uh divine who's a psychologist who falls in love with the oldest son aslan and how they they get married and how they their lives intersect julia the mom is so against her from the beginning and she plays um noor plays her with such nuance like she is you know the, the socialite who has charities and who has like these goodwill and she has a certain image in the public but she also is ruthless like you see her going after her son's ex um ex-girlfriends and threatening them she uh, always has plans to always try to break up Devine and Aslan and in season two she went as far as uh, jailing her daughter because she her daughter dared to go against her in what the work that they were doing and so I think she plays her with uh, nuance she is she is rotten to the core but you can't help but watch her so she is a, a fun villain and then to add to that the person we were talking about earlier Aida Axel plays also her um, sister in law and just their scenes together in season two are are a delight to watch i agree mm -hmm. uh the last character i'm going to mention uh is gonna be engin from yargu i wanted to mention him because uh, i think he's gonna make a comeback as a flashback of course uh in the next episode of yargu I Engin Engin's death is the reason I stopped watching Yargu because I loved his character so much. When they killed him, I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I, I'm not interested anymore <laughs> because he's the he's the one who kept me interested. And when they killed him in episode five or six, I was shocked, like to my core. Like I I was expecting 
expecting him to have a longer presence in the DZ. I was hoping I didn't get it. Um, but I wanted to mention him because he again started out as a as as best friend of Jaylin, and then he, he was the last person I was expecting to see as the murderer of her sister. So great, great character. I think I wish I I only wish they kept him for longer, and I'm really glad that he's gonna like have a few like scenes again and i'll watch his scenes i will will watch the next episode for his scenes for sure and i'm gonna leave the last one to you yes um uh the last dizzy is yabani um yabani is i think a dark as they say a dark horse it came out of nowhere i i think it has the highest ratings um, on the day it airs, it's a wonderful dizzy. And I, what I love about it is that you are, I, I can't talk about others, but I know myself and some of our friends that I talk to, we're invested in all the characters. It's not just about the love story or the main character. It's about this uh, kid who was kidnapped from his family, left on the streets, and then he forms a, fam- a family with some of the folks that he is um, with on the streets. And then he ends up finding his family and how they intersect and find each other. The villains I want to talk about aren't the main villains because there's some some in the show but it's really about his twin siblings so he um the the family that he left behind or he was kidnapped from there's two twins and there's a younger sister the two twins um alaz and shala are your textbook cases of everything that of trauma of psychologists but they're done right in a way that you see where they are going with it and they are starting to put in the seeds of how they hopefully will change but it was it's very interesting to watch them and how they resist um believing that the this uh the guy who came back is their brother and the feelings that they've carried with them that they felt that they were neglected by their mom the way they were raised that they got to do whatever they want and what's interesting is shala's character she is played as a villain but she's also a villain towards herself before other people. She is in a violent relationship. She's in a relationship that someone who physically and emotionally abuses her and verbally. And she continues to want to go back to that relationship and is against her whole family and cannot see that. And so I think it's just very interesting. And I just wanted to point that out that um, crossing fingers that if they continue in this way, it's a reminder you can talk about traumatic subjects without making without sensationalizing it and actually doing it in an entertaining but educational way. Yeah, Yabani is a great example of that, I think. And it's mm-hmm. it's a great story, great dizzy I'm watching. And I hope it will continue to have success so that we can see more of these characters. Yeah. So, yeah, we've come to the end of the villain list, which was huge. Uh, it <laughs> seems we had more to say on villains than we had uh, <laughs> to say on other subjects. Clearly, which is which is showing how much we love our villains. Thank you for listening, and please uh, sh- keep sharing your opinions about the episodes with us. Uh, this is going to be a longer episode, I think, but we're going to leave it like this. We want to see how you react to it. Uh, we found it really fun to not um, limit ourselves uh, with the time this time and just go on and on about things that we think are important and we wanted to share. So thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. You can find us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram as DZ Friends. See you in two weeks on our new episode. And remember, if you want friends, watch DZs. <laughs>